Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Dead Parent Club podcast hosted by Catherine. In this podcast, I speak with young adults from all over the world whose lives have been impacted from losing a parent at a young age. I'm on a mission to end the stigma surrounding talking about our grief, and we're doing that one conversation at a time, thanks to all the amazing people that volunteered to come onto this podcast to tell their stories. I really hope that you find some comfort with the stories that are told on this podcast. But in the meantime, please remember that you are part of a wider community and that you are not alone. Hi, Alice. So firstly, thank you so much for agreeing to come on to the Dead Parent Club podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to do this. Um, if you wouldn't mind, just for the sake of the introduction of the podcast, just to kind of give our listeners an idea of who you are, where you're from, what you do, etc. Okay, so uh, my name's Alice. I'm from Somerset. I currently live in Bristol. I'm 23 and I am a platinum member of the Dead Parent Club, or as we've just said, the Double Dead Parent Club. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just a little pre-warner, I may cry, in fact I probably will cry, but I'll be okay. Um, not the whole way, like I'm not going to sob the my whole way through it, but there might be some things that I'll just like, and I think, I can't remember if it was um, you or Sam, I listened to your podcast speaking about how when your mum took the last breath, was that you, was that, was that you or Sam? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah, and like I remember hearing you talking about it, and like no matter how long it's been, when you talk about what happened and you know when you saw your parent die or or what happened to them it's really difficult um it doesn't matter how long it's been I think talking what about what happened is always going to be a hard thing to talk about so yeah so true I will start from the beginning um so my mum died on the 20th of November 2013 so it's literally just been six years um and basically she was so she was 49 uh her name was Kathy oh my god I'm so sorry to interrupt you but literally everybody is 49 I know like it's well so my dad wasn't 49 but 49 was that is that the same as you and Sam's parents yeah so my mum was 49 when she died and so was yeah so she'd just turned 49 um so she was happy she was healthy 
um, she was a normal human being and then one night she dropped dead. But well, she didn't drop dead. Um, she died one oh night. <laughs> so okay, I'm trying to think how the best way of explaining it is. So I'd just moved out of my family home. Um, even though I was only 17, like I'm, it's not like I had problems at home, but I was just like young and excited and I had a friend yeah like I had a friend to move into so I think I'd been living away for four days and um one night I hadn't had my bedroom set up in my um my house I was living in so I was staying with my housemate a girl called Emily and um I woke up probably about three or four in the morning to my dad ringing me and I was like oh that's weird like woke up like saw I had a missed call from my dad like didn't really think anything of it just like kind of roll back over went to go back to sleep thought he might have just done it by mistake and then a few minutes later like he started calling again and um I answered the phone like all like bleary eyed like really tired like probably really croaky I was just like what's up and he was like I don't know how to say this but mum's dead and oh my god it was literally like I'd been texting her the night before and everything and it just happened like that and I to be honest like I can't really remember what was said at that point um but like Emily the girl who I was living with she woke up and heard what had been said uh we both like got out of bed and like went downstairs and had a cigarette and like at this point like it might sound really weird for people to hear this but I wasn't even crying like it was like a good like five minutes and then suddenly I was just like oh my god what the hell is happening like that literally makes me feel sick yeah like to be honest like it makes me feel like sick and sweaty and like that's like six years ago like no matter how many times I tell somebody that it still gives me those like floppy sick feelings um and then basically what happened next is um uh we've got some family friends so I'm actually a twin and my twin brother told so we're friends with these twins my twin brother told the boy twin and then the boy twin told like the girl twin and the girl twin Kathleen (laughs) (laughs) complicated called me and she was like where are you because like I'd been in this house for four days so she didn't even know where I was and she was like me and dad are coming to pick you up like now and so in the middle of the night like they drove and they picked me up like I got in the car and we drove back to like my family home which I'd lived in like my whole life and um like pulled up outside and there was like police ambulance like all like blue flashing lights like it was mental and like I remember like putting my foot on the start of like the pathway up to our house and it was almost like there was a magnetic force like repelling my foot from like stepping on that path because it I mean obviously it wasn't but it it felt like to me that was like stepping in well a stepping into the unknown but b stepping into accepting what I was about to be confronted with and I, I I kind of like walked into the house like walked through to my kitchen um started pouring myself a glass of milk which may as well have been milkshake the amount I was shaking <laughs> um and like the police officers like everyone there was like so super nice and like obviously for them they've got to deal with a lot of shit but like for them that's like not like the kind of case they want to get called to obviously and then I went upstairs into like the family sitting room so I'm one of four so I've got an older sister an older brother and a twin brother and it was like 
four of us and my dad and it was just like the most surreal thing ever you know like how can someone just be okay and then they're dead like it was was mental it's absolutely terrifying It, it is like it is terrifying like and it sounds really cliche but you know when people say like oh like live every day like it's your last and like tell people you love them like it's true it's so like, true don't be a pushover your whole life but also like don't just cause shit for no reason Do, does, does that make sense like yes absolutely you're so right and then like what happened is um a police officer kind of said, like, you know, do you want to go and say goodbye to your mum? And I was just like, what the hell is going on? Like, this is just mental. And I remember my oldest, so I'm the youngest out of everyone. I'm seven minutes younger than my twin. <laughs> um, my sister was like, come on, like, let's go say bye to mum. I'm like, I'll hold your hand. And like, I walked into like my mum and dad's bedroom and she was just like on the floor like next to their bed like dead like it it's just like mad and to be honest like I can't really remember like what I said to my mum like I think I probably just said something off along the lines of like love you like blah 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 literally I don't even know how you're supposed to know what to say in those situations like we see it on the films and stuff but you kind of like feel forced to say something but it feels yeah. so weird yeah like definitely and also like it's just like a situation you never and obviously I know like you and Sam like obviously both your parents had um cancer and but you've spoken about how yes it still doesn't prepare you for that moment like just because they have a terminal diagnosis you still aren't prepared for it so you, you know you're still thrown into the unknown oh my it's god still no, crazy um so my mum had a heart infection. It was called myocarditis, but we had no pre-warning of it like whatsoever. Um, there was like no uh, pre-diagnosis or anything like that. It was just kind of there one minute and the next minute she was gone, um, which is like crazy. Um, oh my God, and, like literally yeah, unimaginable. Like, um, what about your dad? Like, when did he realise that? He no, so died? yeah, so what happened? I'm glad you said that actually. So uh, my mum had fallen asleep on the sofa, um, and she, and this sounds really weird, but it actually comforts me in some way to, because basically from what happened, I knew she wasn't in pain. So she fell asleep on the sofa. Um, she walked to my uh, the, their bedroom. Uh, like she got undressed like got into her pajamas like folded up her clothes um put them in like a neat pile and basically got into bed with my dad and he like stirred and like went to give her like a cuddle and from what he said like basically she made like a bit of a funny noise and he was like oh like Kathy like are you all right like Kathy Kathy and like she just like stopped responding um so he called ambulance like instantly and they basically said, like, run downstairs, like, open your door. So he did that. And then I think this version of events is correct. So I think he then started doing CPR on her. But the ambulance crew was there within, like, minutes. And I'm not sure what it is that they did when they arrived. But basically, like, they did whatever it was that they did. And then she was, like, pronounced, like, dead. And it just literally, like, happened like that, which is crazy. Honestly, like, I can't even comprehend that. Yeah, and, like, I remember um, listening to Josh, like, his podcast and him saying, like, one of the things he really remembers when his dad died was um, 
obviously like once like a, someone dies like they remove like any like valuables or whatever from the body before they take it away and he said like he really remembers like um whoever it was whatever emergency services it was like nurses or whoever passing his mum his dad's wedding ring and he said like how that really really hit him and like that's one of the things I remember so well from that night like I remember just like the police like walking in and like handing my dad like like her wedding ring engagement ring Mm. and he was she also had an eternity ring and like just like handing that to him and like just like seeing him like just crippled in pain it's just so like uncomprehendably <sighs> sad yeah <laughs> that hurts so that was my mum <laughs> um and then my then my dad which I'll probably cry <laughs> honestly that's like that's but totally I'll be fine. fine um <laughs> I mean the thing is like it's not like you're going to be shocked by it <laughs> like we're all here on the dad parent club like it's just this one crazy family no yeah absolutely and honestly like those moments are so hard to think about and it's not like we think about them in everyday life like most of the time we're trying to ignore it so at this time so I have been I've been thinking about those moments quite a lot the past few days because obviously I've been preparing myself like for talking to you guys and this sounds like really stupid but (laughs) I've been talking to myself in my head and like thinking about what I'm going to say and I've been doing it in a northern accent. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so strange. <laughs> like, I know, like, I guess it's just because I've been listening to you. And I've been doing it in this, like, northern accent. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> that is literally too funny. Um. Okay, so, Dad, um, he... <laughs> yeah, on to the next. Really didn't die that long ago. So, what are we now? We're December. So, he died on the 3rd of August so this year 2019 so September October November he, he died four months ago oh my god how are you even doing this right now neither can I <laughs> um so my dad um so obviously after mum died like he obviously was like not in a good place but he was kind of all right I don't know like obviously I knew he was struggling but he was okay and um basically what happened is two years ago um he was he was with a new woman um and he sold our family home so this was the home that my mum had died in um so he bought it when me and my twin were six months old so my older brother and sister were like four and six like we'd lived there our whole life it was like our just our family home you know like it was like the best yeah exactly and so basically like what happened and like I don't think people will ever fully understand like how much this affected him so my dad sold the family house and the woman who he was with at the time they like he literally like packed the house up like the removal men came and then he went to Venice with his um partner at the time and I remember her ringing me when they were in Venice and she was like your dad's like really out of sorts like he's like really kind of like not himself and I just remember thinking like oh like that's all right like he's just sold the house like he's gonna be stressed like you know like well like we said a minute ago like moving house or buying houses and stuff is stressful um 
And then a couple of weeks later, she called again to kind of say, no, not a couple of weeks. That's an absolute lie. Like a few days later, when they were home from their holiday, she was like called again. And she was like, your dad is really, really not well. Um, He's going to be signed off work for a couple of weeks. And like, I remember like sitting there and being like, God, that's really not like my dad. Um, You know, my dad was like very, very hardworking, all that kind of stuff, like he was in a really really good job and I thought god that's like really bad and then these couple of weeks passed and we were in touch again and she was kind of like you know like he is going to be signed off to Christmas and this was in like the October November and I was like oh my god like what yeah that's a long time what is going on so she lived in Exeter um which is like 70 miles south of uh where like the family home was kind of thing and he was staying with her at her house um I remember like driving down to Exeter like and the first time I saw him like it looked like he'd aged like 10 years like it was just crazy like how different he was and basically what happened is he had a mental breakdown um but I feel like that phrase gets tossed around quite a lot um I mean he went from just like 100 to zero and then I basically ended up like going and seeing him every weekend in Exeter in the February. Um, he had like MRIs and he had, um, what's the one that, is it an endoscopy or colonoscopy? What's the one that goes up your bum? <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, it's a colonoscopy. Okay, he, yeah, he had that one. <laughs> because like he was like being like really sick all the time and like had like a really bad appetite and we were thinking like Mm, has he got like bowel or stomach cancer like and the MRI was because like his memory and like his just like general well-being was like so bad we were like what's going on with his brain and like that all came back as like fine um and then things like started like deteriorating in the relationship he was with and I'm not quite sure when they separated it was probably around like the June or July um but the woman he was with arranged for him to get tests for dementia and like this is what I mean like this the scale of what was happening to him was ridiculous like and I don't I feel like I'm the only person who actually knows how poorly he was because no one else really got to see it um and when he had his dementia tests um he had to have like a responsible adult with him and like that was me which is mental that like I was my dad's like responsible adult like that was just crazy yeah I mean he was still like responsible of me but it was just like a really weird feeling and like we sat with this woman and we were talking and then he was just sat there like crying and crying and crying about my mum and so this would have been like four years after she died I guess and he was just like I just miss my wife like so much like obviously he just split up with this woman he was seeing as well so like shit like hit the fan Mm. and she was like look like you've not got dementia like you're just you like again confirmed like you've had a mental breakdown like you've been through hell and back like and you've tried to stay strong for so long and it's just really taken its toll on you and then so he he never really went back to work um I mean he did but not really um so like just to kind of give it like a bit of background like my dad was a chemistry professor um he was and he was like a really bloody good one like he was like 
<laughs> like when he died, like, you know, I had people like telling me he was like a world renowned scientist and oh, wow. he was like one of the best in the country and stuff. Like, so he wasn't some layabout, you know, like he wasn't like some slob. Um, and people used to kind of sit and say to me like, oh, well, why doesn't he just go back to work? It would take his mind off things. And I was like, and I was just like, you just don't get it, do you? Like, and like to try and I was trying to think of things of like explaining like how he was like like literally like if somebody had broken their leg he wouldn't be saying oh you know just go for a walk it'll just make you feel a bit better just run a marathon like yeah literally um like I remember like there was one time like when he was really bad and I'd cooked us supper and he couldn't even like cut his food up like he was like so exhausted and so just like not himself he couldn't do the simplest of tasks and so yeah, he never really went back to work. And then it was, um, I'm doing all right. Like, I'm surprised I've not cried more. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing okay. Um, so the week before my dad died, um, he had fluey symptoms. So he was sick, sweaty, shaky, cold, like sleeping a lot. And... I went to go see him like on the Monday and I was like oh my god shit like you look really bad like and there was like half eaten like ready meals just like dotted around like the living room and like the kitchen and there was like there was just like washing like in the house and like washing up and like clothes washing and like things just kind of like didn't seem right so that week like leading up to his death like I was just popping to see him like after work like every day and I think I think it was. Oh, on... so did you live close to your dad then at this point? Okay, so I work about 10 minutes from where he lives, but I live about an hour from where he lived. Does that make sense? Uh, okay, yeah, 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 that makes sense. So, like, my work was like really close to where he lived, but I actually live like an hour away. But, you know, still, in, in, I'd still like, you know, I did everything for him. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not close, is it? Uh, so I think it was on the Tuesday night like I went there and like I cooked us what we called ricey splodge which was one of our favorites it's basically just risotto um <laughs> and he literally had like two mouthfuls and then like was like throwing up and stuff and I was like god dad like you're really not right like we need to like go to hospital and I basically said to him like there and then I was like either I'm calling 111 now or we go to hospital and like he just got up out of the room and like walked upstairs and I was like that's really weird like it made me feel like really like shit and it made me feel like really frightened and upset like I felt so out of my depth um so that night like I texted I went home like drove home to Bristol and I texted him that night and I was like look like we're going to the doctors in the morning like whether you like it or not and he was like oh I'll go by myself and I was like no like that's not an option like and this was the next morning I was like I booked the appointment like I'm picking you up at 11 o'clock or whenever it was like I went and picked him up and like I remember like walking into the house and I was like dad dad and like he didn't respond and I was like oh my god like has the worst thing happened I was like you know am I gonna walk upstairs and find him dead and like I walked upstairs and I was like dad dad isn't it horrible that like you're that kind of thought even cross your mind because of your experience yeah definitely like a hundred percent and like I walked up to his bedroom and I was like dad and like thank god like he was like lying down like in bed and then like his head like turned and I was like oh my god like I was just like oh my god like I really thought I just like walked in on him like dead 
and I was like come on like let's go to the doctors let's go to the doctors and like he looked like utter shite and like we went to the doctors and they basically <laughs> did like he did like he hadn't shaved in like days he was still wearing the same clothes like from the night before like his eyes were like red and like bleary and like I just remember like we were walking to my car and like I put my arm around him and I was like dad we can't keep on pretending like everything's okay and he was like I know I know go to the doctors like they basically did fuck all um and then like the next day he was like you know I I was like I wasn't happy with what had happened and I was really worried so my sister arranged for a GP to call him um they called him and I went to the house to like when they were ringing him they were like arranged a a phone call for two o'clock like went there like to make sure he was like up and ready to answer the phone call and like so I could listen to what he was saying and he was like I'm feeling really sick I've not eaten all week like all this that and the other so I drove home uh, no 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 that's a lie I drove to work um and they prescribed him with an anti-sickness tablet um and I basically said to my dad like I'm gonna go back to work like I'll go and pick up your prescription and I actually wrote a list which I've still got now and I'm never gonna throw away it says dad prescription ham tomato rolls smoothies jelly babies babies. yeah that was like my list of like what to get him so like went to Sainsbury's like picked that up like went to his house gave him like these anti-sickness tablets and like I made him like a ham and tomato roll um like I remember like he just looked really sick and like I was like sat there and like I started crying and he was like what are you crying for like I'm fine like everything will be okay and I was just like oh like you just seem really sick like I really want to take you to like hospital and he was like no like I'll be fine like I think I probably sat there for about 15 minutes um and he was like look like if I'm not right Monday like we'll go to hospital and okay this is like (laughs) probably when the tears are gonna come um like he stood up and I gave him a hug and like I remember so well like I was hugging him and like I looked down the living room into the mirror and I can just picture me like hugging him and then he walked off upstairs and that was the last time I saw him alive oh it's like so hard um basically like my sister went there the next day and found him collapsed in the bathroom and like his body had just given up like I think a lot of people think assume that he committed suicide um he didn't like basically like his body just gave up like he had had enough like and it's basically like a combination of a few different things like so like the starvation and stuff played into it and there was like some other factors as well but yeah like he just died like and he was um it literally sounds like he just he died of heartbreak literally so like one of my friends um hannah her name is she said to me because she was like because we didn't really know what happened um she was like whatever the outcome is like whatever it is like he's died of like he has died of a broken heart like he's died of like missing your mum and like it's just crazy like how like I don't know it was just so I feel like I just had two parents just like die I mean yeah like literally (laughs) just like well I have like I have had that happen (laughs) like I 
they have just like two parents just like drop dead like and I know you girls have spoken about how people say like oh well at least you had time to prepare and like I'm not trying to compare that to say that's better but like just like that kind of like one day there and like the next day gone because like even though dad was poorly like we didn't think he was gonna die like there was like never like anyone sat us down and was like he's gonna die um I'm actually really proud of myself I thought I was gonna cry so much more (laughs) honestly like you're absolutely smashing it the fact that you have lost both parents within you know like six years of each other and have lost your you lost your mum and then you had to kind of find you know your new normal all over again and then obviously your dad's died now and you're kind of starting from scratch like I'm amazed you're even on here talking about this like it's it's really weird and obviously so when I was listening to Lydia's podcast who's also a platinum member I mean like her mum and dad was it like 18 months like in between like yeah she is Jesus Christ and like I remember like listening to her podcast and she said she like really struggled with the first death and the second one she's like got this massive positive outlook and I you know I take my hat off to her because I'm I'm not in that position right now like at the minute I feel like I'm in the lie around probably drink too much and not do anything but but so and this is kind of like what I want to go on to like I'm not here to have people feel sorry for me so like you know they can put their violins away <laughs> I'm here to kind yeah, of like try well, and there's like positive vibes. yeah like I'm, tr- I'm here to try and like teach people or like have people know I mean, the thing is, we can't sit here and say to someone, like, this is what you need to do to feel better. But where we've been through it, like, you can kind of try and guide people. So, no, yeah, massively, like, 100%. Um, so, at the minute, it's been four months since my dad, and I'm very, very much, like, in this um, slobbing about, like, drinking too much. Like, I know that I'm not doing the right things to look after myself, but equally like I've already lost a parent and like I know that actually doing those things is really important yes I totally agree you can't let it go on forever but feeling really sad and you know kind of like grieving is so so important You, you you can you cannot switch it off like you can't switch it off and like um I think actually I think it was your podcast you did on your own talking about how you'd like started like going to the gym uh, and yeah, stuff that was, and been, was that was that your yeah so I listened I listened to that today and I completely agree with everything you've said like you know finding a hobby and like exercising and eating well all of those things are gonna make you feel better and obviously I know all that but I also feel like I'm not ready to do that yet does that make sense? God, massively, like, you've just been through, you know, a serious trauma, like, you need that time to... Yeah, so I think, like, yeah, like, we have the um, job to kind of, like, promote all of these things, but also, like, do it at your own speed, and even if you're just doing one of them, like, step by step, like, don't put loads of pressure on yourself to suddenly start doing everything to look after yourself like just do baby steps like take it one thing at a time and like everything will end up working out yeah 100% like I couldn't agree more and I don't know whether you follow your new normal by Mira 
Um, yes, I do. Yeah. We say a lot is that, you know, after a parent dies, you have to kind of find your new normal again. And like with you, you know, you've done it once and now you're having to do it all over again. And I think it's so time consuming and you have to be like yeah. really just like gentle with yourself throughout that time. Yeah, definitely. I think like one of the things that I struggle with is um, looking back like pre my dad dying, like I still struggled like quite regularly. And like there was a lot of like downtimes and stuff. So for me to think like, God, I've still got another five. What well, just never stops, does it? Like it never stops. No, it's. And I just think like, oh my god, like is this my life now? Like, oh, it's just like a slug. Oh my god, like, yes. I don't want to go through <laughs> it all again. I'm just like, oh come on, like give me a break. <laughs> um, so true though. Like you literally do never get over it. And I think something that I quite enjoy, which is a bit of a weird word I know, but. Um, it's talking to people whose parent died like 10 years ago or like when they were a kid and never knew them and knowing that your grief is still valid which I think is so important to know definitely like I really do but also like I feel um, like my losing my mum and losing my dad's been so different so a like firstly and I think Lydia said the same I'm so glad I found this podcast and I wish oh, I found it you. well it didn't exist when my mum died but <laughs> Uh, I wish I had something like this when my mum died like the problem with um I'd like one thing I'd really like to talk about is like different types of therapy so I was 17 when my mum died so the kind of like kids things were like well you're nearly 18 and the adults people were like well you're not 18 yet so I never had therapy for my mum like at all and because basically because I didn't do it straight away, I was I then just never did. Um, so you've done cognitive behavioural therapy, haven't you? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did it at uni. Yeah, I think like that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. It, but not for like another year. <laughs> I feel like I want to just be sad a bit, <laughs> which sounds crazy and. I actually have already done a course of something called psychodynamic therapy, which is basically oh, wow. What's that? it's basically just one to one talking. Wow. Okay. Um. So when Dad died, I went into this utter panic of like, oh my god, I need to do everything by the book. Like, went to the GP instantly. And again, listening to your podcast about looking after yourself, they actually put me on citalopram instantly, which I've now. Ah, that's what they put me on as well. Yeah, which I've naturally now stopped taking. Um, so I basically took it for a little while, and then, and what I, I don't want to put anyone off. And yeah, can I just ask, like, how did you stop taking it? Did you wean yourself off it? I was really naughty and just stopped it on my own, and that is not what you're meant to do. Yeah, that's what I did too last Christmas. I just stopped taking it, and yeah, definitely not ideal. You should not do that. Do not do that people and I, I so you spoke of some feelings of like feeling quite numb and obviously when you've lost a parent you feel numb but like this was a different level of numb I was driving home from work and I wanted to like scream and cry and I was almost there like oh, oh my god yes it wasn't happening and I was like this is not right <laughs> um so yeah on top of that I was doing one-to-one psychodynamic therapy and basically I think I don't have an issue with talking about the fact my parents have died. So that kind of therapy wasn't helpful. But I don't want to put anyone else off. I think if you struggle to talk about it, 
psychodynamic therapy um is a really good way of having like a safe space like every week or every couple of weeks like to talk about it but and like the point I want to make from this is everyone is different and what works for you might not work for someone else and what works for someone else might not work for you so basically just try and find what works for you and do that so I'm guessing that it's like kind of like counselling or like with rather than providing you with anything that you can go and do to kind of combat how you're feeling it's literally just a case of them like kind of like sitting there and listening I'm guessing that's right like what was it like for you yeah so uh, though I've actually stopped it now I had my last session last week and I decided to end it I did eight weeks and I was just like this isn't right so basically I'd like go in and I'd be like just talk about how I was feeling and stuff and like this woman would just like sit there and look at me and be like oh that must be really hard and I was like yes it's hard like <laughs> so how did that make you feel I was feel? just like I know it's bloody hard like you don't have to tell me that and I think one of the problems was is I wanted her to give me the answers and unfortunately nobody is going to tell you anything that's going to make it any better and like that sounds really blunt it's kind of true like nobody is just going to suddenly be like wave a magic wand and you just suddenly be like oh I don't care anymore that I've lost a parent oh my god literally like I picture a future like without grief and it's just impossible now <laughs> yeah. just like imagine if we could just wave all of that away yeah I mean, like, so the things you spoke about, like exercise or finding something you love or like just getting into a routine, like all of those things will make it feel better. But like no one is going to have like the magic potion or remedy, like just to get rid of it. Am I racing for everything? I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm talking a million miles an hour. <laughs> no, literally, like this is great. I just I love hearing like people's stories and stuff and how how it's like shaped them. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. So like going on to from what I said about no one can tell you the magic thing. Um, one of my mum's friends, Natalie, she when I told her like I was going on this podcast, she was like, can you talk about um, what the right or wrong thing to do is as a friend? Oh, my God. Yes, I love that. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm actually really glad like she said that because like a, um, a part of this podcast, like not only for people who's been part of the um, DPC but like it's good for people who know people who's been in the club to know how to react so again like without sounding really miserable there is nothing anyone can do or say that is going to make it any better and I think it's our job as people who've been bereaved to realize that sometimes people say the right things and sometimes people say things that's really wrong and we need to kind of like take responsibility a little bit and realize that everything that somebody is saying to you they're probably trying to tell you the right thing they're probably trying to help and they're probably trying to say the right thing but it's so difficult to know what to say Mm -hmm, and I think it's actually our job to take control of it a little bit and say to people this is what I want this is what I don't want I find this helpful and I find this unhelpful so like if someone says something to you and you're like wow that really doesn't sit with you you don't have to confront them yeah like just you just have to say that's not very helpful and like you you honestly like I never did this with my mum and I wish I did because what ends up happening is you end up 
replaying those comments in your head over and over again and you end up like torturing yourself with it if someone says something wrong just tell them like just just say like I don't I don't think that's right or I don't agree with it so what was the worst thing that somebody has said to you then okay so that's a really interesting question because I think with my mum and this is different from my mum and my dad with my mum my mum was obviously like happy healthy like should have been all of our parents should have been alive but you know she wasn't ill so when people used to say to me like your mum's in a better place now oh yes for me because she was like happy healthy normal I was like no like that is not true like she was she wasn't suffering she wasn't in pain like she should be on planet earth with me and my family it's different with my dad because like if someone says to me like oh your dad's in a better place now although obviously I want him here like he was struggling and he wasn't like physically well he kind of was physically ill but not really I know that he does that make sense like it's difficult I mean like his physical symptoms came because he was kind of like mentally unwell right Yes. What do you think the worst thing someone said to you? Oh my god, well, like, I'm totally with you on that one. Like, I totally agree. Um, I just find it really hard on people to say that. And another thing was when they said, um, oh, you know, like, your mum's always with you, like, she's still here. And, like, I understand that when I kind of look back now, I'm like, yeah, you know, they're trying their hardest to say something nice. But at the time, I was so, like, angry about it. I was like, well, she's not. Yeah. Like she's not here, she's not with me, I can't see her, so how does that work? That is exactly the thing, yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think you'll probably agree with me, the best thing someone can say is almost ask you what you want, like, what would you want to do for you right now? Or kind of almost like admitting, like, I don't know what to say to you right now, but just know that I'm here for you, and I love you, and I care about you. Like, that is like the best thing you can do, is like, just be a listening ear. Yes, 100%. And kind of like, I think the best thing a friend can do really yes. is to like literally just be there and just text you and say, right, I'm seeing you on this day at this time because oh my you God, just can't make yeah. plans and stuff at that point in your yeah. life at all. Oh my God, that's so true. So I've got this friend called Erin um, and it was not long after my dad died. She was like trying to like pin me down for like a date and I was like, oh yeah, like just like, like you said, like, oh, whatever. And this conversation like happened a few times and then it got to the point where she was like, right, I'm seeing you on Monday, the 11th of September and we're meeting at this time. And I was like, that's what I need. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the same 100%. Thing, yeah, I saw her on Monday, actually. And the same kind of thing happened. Like, oh, when are you free? Like, blah, 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 blah. And then she just messaged me like, right, we're going for dinner on Monday, the 9th of December. Like, and that for me is like really easy. Um. Yeah, I literally love that because kind of like, you know, when you're in the, the midst oh, of grief yeah. and like everything's going on, like kind of trying to balance, figuring out what your life is like now and figuring out, like with friends, trying to find like time to see people and, you know, sometimes you're just not in the mood and you just want to stay in your bed and cry and those friends that are just like, right, you meet me now, here and then are just so amazing and they really help. I think cope with that transition period the other thing like on top of that especially like in early stages like you said like you've got so many people approaching you and wanting to help you don't feel like you've got to see everyone 
pinpoint who's good for you and who's not and see the ones that's good for you and forget about the ones that aren't. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for me, it really helped me kind of figure out who I wanted in my yeah. life and like who my real friends were. And who was important for me and who kind of didn't help me in those situations. You can't please everyone. And, like, my favourite thing that some of my friends did was, like, they still talk to me about my parent. And, like, they want to know those stories and stuff. And they don't just, like, ignore the fact yeah. that she exists. talking about them like they're alive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, yeah literally, like, exactly that. I find that helps so much. So one thing that was really refreshing when I first discovered the podcast was, um, so I can't remember like what date the podcast was in comparison to where you are now, but so how long has it been since you've lost your parent? Um, so my mum died four years ago um, in the November that's just gone. Yeah. And what about Sam? So five years ago this Christmas. Yeah, so I remember like listening to you guys and being like, it might have been four years or three, you know, however however much it was at the time when you said it. And you were like, it still hurts. And for me, I was like, oh, like, thank God. Like, I'm not the only one, like, still crying about the fact my mum's died. Like, it still hurts. Like, it really does. And like, I've got this massive feeling with my dad, like now, like, people almost like, oh, you've had the funeral, like, said your goodbyes, like, get on with your life. And it's like, it does not work like that at all. Um, So it was really, even though obviously you don't want other people to be in pain, it was really nice to hear you and Sam was still sad. That sounds horrible. Like, I don't mean oh that. God, yes, and like, but... no, it doesn't sound horrible at all, because yeah. like one of the things that I love the most about doing this podcast is that we talk to people whose parents yeah. died like 10 years ago, and they were still sad about it and I think it's just kind of nice yeah. sometimes to hear that your grief is still valid no matter how long Definitely. ago it was. A hundred percent. It is like and it's so hard to try and get the balance right and when I started my therapy like one of the things my therapist said to me was like I feel like you're terrified of breaking down and it was when she said that to me, like I hadn't thought about it. And I guess like because I'd already lost my mum and because I'd seen what grief could do to my dad, I was like, oh, my God, you're so right. Like I'm petrified of breaking down and I'm so petrified of like making the right decisions and like making the right choices like to look after myself. And like it's scary. Like it's so scary. Like even if you've lost one parent, like 
um, grief. I like read something the other day, like grief is just kind of like permanently being frightened of like the world and just everything. Like you feel so fragile and so frightened about all sorts of things. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, I don't know about you, but I kind of found it really hard to like, kind of like connect with people and like kind of let people in after it happened to me as well. Oh, what do you mean? Like kind of feeling close to other people? Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah like that's really interesting you said that so um my partner James um I met him four weeks before my mum died yeah so we were just like dating basically and one morning he texted me like how are you doing and I was like not great (laughs) like my mum's dead and he was just like oh my god like what the fuck and um, he basically at like, that point was like, look, like I will be with you. And I take my hat off to him. And like now we're like six years down the line and my dad's dead. So, you know, I joke with him like you should have run away at the first one. <laughs> so with James, like, and I know one of the questions you said about was like, how does it affect relationships? When my mum died, like where well, I barely even knew him, like we barely knew each other. I really struggled to talk to him. And, like, I'd go to bed and, like, I'd literally be, like, crying in bed, like, next to him. Now it's, like, really different. And with you saying about how you feel difficult to get close to people, um, when Dad first died, like, I literally, like, clung on to him, like, glue. Like, I was like, oh, my God, like, don't leave my side. And then I went through this funny phase around Mum's death anniversary. So it was, like, double whammy. So, like, last month. And I felt really distant from him. Like nothing was going wrong. Um, And I was just like, I felt like, I was just like, how can I love anyone right now? You know, like how can I love anyone or give anything to anyone? And I remember like feeling all these feelings and I was like, oh God, this is really alien to me because obviously there's nothing wrong with us at all. And I was like, let's go out for dinner let's have a chat about things and I was like I just feel really distant and he was just like yeah that's just because you've been through something really shit (laughs) he was like he was like just don't worry about it and like no (laughs) like we're fine like it's not like it was ever like a problem but I think that detachment it's like the way I describe it is detachment like you know you feel detached from yourself you feel detached from others you feel detached from the whole world like it's it's quite crazy yeah like I resonate with that so much because like I felt like when my mum died all the love that I had in me just kind of like went with her that is so true my love yeah it's like so true and like it is a really weird feeling and like I know like with my dad like I spent the the last like year and a half of his life like we got so close like we were so ridiculously close and like I say now and I think I will say this my whole life I will never love someone as much as I love my dad like And in some ways, I think I'm fearful of that ever being a thing. Like, I don't want to ever love anyone as much as I loved him. Like, I want him to always be number one. Like, I don't want anyone to fill that void. Yeah, 100%. I so get that. But yeah, James puts up with a lot, my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) After my mum died, I actually broke up with my then boyfriend did you yeah I just I, I couldn't handle it like, yeah like everything was just so out of my control I was gonna say who was it that um I don't know if it's your Sam whose 
boyfriend listened to the podcast and they were listening to it at work and then they walked away from that yeah that was me <laughs> oh my god so and like one thing I love about this podcast right it's like I've sat here and I've cried but I've also sat here and I have really laughed so much and so when that was brought up like I was getting ready in the morning like I think I had my no I don't know whatever I was listening to the podcast and you said about that like how it started playing and like all of his workmates were like what the fuck is he listening to (laughs) and like I found that so funny like I was literally like crying of laughter and like James was in bed and he was like what are you laughing at and like I kind of replayed it to him and he was just looking at me like have you lost the plot and I think it's one of those things like unless you're part of the DPC like you might not find it funny but I yeah 100% I think we all have like a bit of a weird sense of humor now oh there's there's been a few things that's really made me laugh so um who was it that told their friend their parent had died when they were when their friend was in the library it was either you or Sam. Yeah, that was me again. Um, after my mum died, I called my like then boyfriend, and I was like, on the phone. I was like, my mum's just died, and he was like, um, uh, uh, I, I'm just in the library. Uh. Yeah, like it's not funny, like at all. Like it's horrific, but like the fact he was like, oh shit, like I'm in the library. <laughs> like there was literally like no convenient times. Like tell somebody that. Your parents just died, is there? Like, no, is not convenient. and we do these crazy things. And like, so I, I did one of these stupid things the other day. So when it had been um, six years since mum had died, I took, I'd actually took the day off work. I was like, do you know what? Like, I'm taking the day off work. They'll live without me for a day. Um, So I went to a, a garden centre, like a national trust, like gardens. And like, because it's somewhere she really liked. So my mum was cremated. And my dad was actually buried. And um, so I went to this went to this garden um, to like kind of think of my mum. And then I went to my dad's grave for the first time. Like I hadn't done it before. And like, oh, wow. I went there and I was like, you know what you've spoken about, like that grief crying. I was literally like, <gasps> like crying, like horrifically. And then I got back in my car and my phone started ringing. And I don't know why I answered my phone, but I answered my phone, like on the other end of the line, like there was this girl and she was like, hi, my name's blah, blah. I'm from such and such a state agent. Like, I see you're looking for a property at the minute. And like, I just didn't really say anything. And I was, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, can you call me back? Like, <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, like, are you oh all right? God. And I was like, and Again, I was like, like grief is not cool. Yeah, and I was like, don't call me back later. Like, call me back tomorrow. Like, bless her. Like, this poor woman must have just thought, what the hell is going on? I don't know why I answered. Was it you as well who had the Pandora job straight after, or was that Sam? <laughs> yep. Yeah, again. Again. That was me. <laughs> like that story. Like, just text your boss. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'll come to training, but my mum's just died, so I'll need a day off for the funeral. Like, what were you thinking? oh my god honestly I don't know like, how I did that like it was if so you're stupid. listening to this podcast and your parent has just died like do not just take one day off for the funeral like take some time off Jesus I but again like I found it funny like in a weird funny way like it was sad oh my god honestly like, I don't that know how just so hard especially because like I had like Mother's Day a few months later and people were just like going in and like buying gifts to their mums and mm. stuff like it was grim but um, those girls, yeah. thought they were amazing. And I actually received a really nice message the other day. It was the kind of like anniversary date, November 5th of when my mum died. And 
the woman that I used to work with um, at that time, the one that I actually texted about her kind of being, um, well, but that she just died, well, messaged me on Instagram saying, um, I still remember the day you called me to say your mum had passed and you still came to training in Birmingham. You were a trooper then and still are now. You should be so proud of yourself, Kat, thinking of you today, which I think is just so nice. Oh, you are a trooper. You are. Yeah, so, like, another another podcast I've listened to is, like, about, like, getting through the milestones. And now I'm kind of thinking to myself, right, so my birthday is February. Um, Mother's Day is March. April... April I've got a clear month um May is my dad's birthday June is father's day July I've got a clear month um August is his death anniversary September is my mum's October I'm free November is mum's death anniversary and then it's Christmas like I'm just like this is going to be one shit show (laughs) oh my god how crazy is it that you actually have to think about those things like so yeah like there's always something to dread like mother's day father's day birthdays like death anniversaries like there is literally no escaping grief like ever it's so grim one thing i've done i've gone a little bit crazy and i've like booked loads of holidays because i think like you've just got to have these things to look forward to cape verde oh my god that'll be so nice Um, so and i think like yeah, so we're going away for Christmas. Like, I just want to do something completely different. Like, go somewhere hot, sunny, get away. Like, forget about it. Oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. We literally booked it, like, three weeks ago. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't care. Oh, like, I absolutely can't yeah. blame you. Like, after kind of a year you've had and then, you know, everything. Yeah, definitely. Sort of, I think that is very, very, very well deserved. Um, where else are you going on holiday then? Uh, yeah we're also going skiing for my birthday oh that'll be fun yeah and then that's that's in February and then in May um some of our friends are getting married so that's in Poland and it's actually the weekend of my dad's birthday and I'm like oh I kind of I don't know how to feel about it oh, like God, that's so annoying. The I'm kind of is it like I found that the run-up to these days is actually so much worse than 100 percent itself I completely agree with you there. You know, the build-up for me has always been so much worse. Like, the weeks leading up to it um, has always been so much worse. And then the actual day, like, you're kind of like, oh, like, it's not that bad. Well, it is, it is, but you always think it's you've built yourself. I think is. because you've got so much of it out leading up to it, you're kind of, like, ready yeah, for it. Yeah, I always just kind of, like, give myself some time, like, if, like the day before or something, to have like a massive blow or just cry and cry and cry but then I kind of wake up on the day and then the whole day goes by and it's kind of like like a birthday like you bring build it up so much and then uh, so it was quite like, funny oh, okay, actually on my um, mum's death anniversary like I said I went to National Trust Gardens and um I went there and I had my sunglasses on because I was like right I don't want anyone to like and bear in mind this is like a day in November and I walked into the gardens and like I started like walking in and there's um a pub in there and I, I was like oh and th- again this isn't recommended like don't drink for your grief but I wanted a pint so I I walked into this pub and I was kind of like like can, can, can I have a pint of a pint of San Miguel please and the woman was like sorry what and I was like can I have a pint of San Miguel and like she must have thought I was mental it was like 12 o'clock and I was there in my sunglasses like asking for a pint 
and I was listening to I actually sat down like in the pub and like I was listening to the podcast and uh, I was listening to um, a girl she was Irish I think her dad died and I just remember oh yeah that was Broder yeah like I just remember like sitting there like I just like burst into tears and I was like crying so and this sounds really horrible but I wasn't crying for my mum I was crying for my dad like but yeah, they must have just thought I was mental, like sat there in my sunglasses and my headphones in, like with my pint of San Miguel. <laughs> Literally, I bet they were just like, so they're looking at you like, is this girl okay? Should we ask her if she's okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're like Wednesday, midweek, like at some, and like everyone else in the gardens is kind of like middle class, middle aged women. <laughs> and I'm sat there. Sometimes, seriously, I feel like you just want to like put like a big illuminated sign up and be like, okay I'm grieving or yeah my mum's died or my dad's died like just leave me whilst yeah I so cry. I know like stuff that or, you've spoken about before like... about horrible situations when you've had to tell someone your parents are dead like see one thing I'm really dreading my hairdresser's just moved um and I'm really dreading getting a new hairdresser and then being like so do you live with your mum and dad and I'm gonna be like no they're both dead oh my god literally the worst and it can just be so brutal I remember as well. one time I think it had been about two years like since my mum had died and I was getting my um contraceptive implant taken out and replaced and like I was feeling really like anxious about it and stuff and like I think the nurse could tell I was feeling a bit funny so she was just like asking me like general questions and she was like so like do you get on with your mum and dad that well and this was like just when mum had died and I like burst into tears and I was like my mum's dead and she was just like oh shit (laughs) like backtrack backtrack um and like it is horrible see right that's one of the things that I really want to focus on and like what I'm hoping to kind of do with this podcast is like making people more aware that not everybody actually has two parents (laughs) and some people have only got one and some people have got none so like kind of think twice before you ask people that question one of the girls I used to work with Becky she's um, a swimming teacher she teaches like young kids and she says she never says like mum and dad she always says like Oh, who looks after you or you know something like that like who's at home just to kind of like gauge like and that's that's kind of like young kids do you know what I mean like proper kids with big kids <laughs> that's so good that she does that that's amazing because like yeah even like really young kids can have like could have lost both of their parents um but <laughs> I'm not gonna lie like, I can be a bit brutal like when people say stuff like that in front of me yeah and I'm like actually like my mum's yeah. dead <laughs> Like, oh, it sounds awful. It's hard to get the balance right of someone who's grieving. I've kind of like, I think it depends what day you're having, doesn't it? Because if you're having like a shit day when you're feeling a bit sad and someone says that, it can really like knock you off your feet. But other times you might be able to deal with it okay. And I know there was like a really young American girl on the um, podcast a few days ago. Uh, No, I listened to it a few days ago. And she was just like, oh, sometimes I just like don't really confront it and like oh it's just so sad isn't it I just like I feel like everyone needs to just get in this massive group hug <laughs> oh yeah so that, that was Abby Schumacher yeah she was absolutely amazing I couldn't believe that she was so young but it does make me really sad that you know we kind of don't say anything to save other people's awkwardness or to save them feeling bad um you know that, that's kind of I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so brutal about it is because I think people should know that Mind you saying that, like, everyone's so different because my twin brother, um, Harry, so we, we've just started clearing up my dad's house and we've got a skip at the house at the minute. 
And this guy that came and dropped the skip off, he was like, oh, so what are you doing with a skip? And like Harry actually appreciated the bluntness and the honesty. And Harry was like, oh, I'm clearing out my dad's house. And this guy like was like, oh, what is your dad dead? And Harry was like, yep. <laughs> and he was like, oh, so like, are you selling the house? And Harry was like, yeah, like we're selling the house. And he was like, he was really blunt and like really upfront. And my brother actually said he appreciated that bluntness rather than people kind of like tiptoeing around you all the time. Yes, I love that. And like one quote I've seen online, it's basically saying like, treat me differently because my parents died, but treat me the same. And it's like so conflicting knowing what you want. Like you want to feel, be treated differently, but you also want to be treated the same. And it's just like, I think sometimes we need to accept that we're difficult people to please. (laughs) Yes, that is so true. And I, I swear I've heard that before as well it might have been you I think so you you did the pod um the podcast didn't you when does grief become a mental health problem and um yeah and I was trying to work out where I'd found it from and it was like your page um and it's a really interesting topic actually yes I think Sam actually did like a post about it actually saying that like I want people to treat me differently because my dad's dead but I don't want you to treat me differently because my dad's dead yeah it's so conflicting isn't it Another thing, like, I just wanted to, like, I've just got something written down in front of me about something Lydia said that I really found funny. Um, So, obviously, Lydia's another Platinum member, and she said, I feel now like I want to change the world, but also just let me lie down in a dark room for a minute. <laughs> and when she said that, I was like, oh, my God, like, that's me, because, like, some days I'm like, I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, <laughs> and then I'm so like, true. Jesus Christ, like, you I can't even wash like, your hair. <laughs> get up and brush your teeth, on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie but I am like really really impressed that you've kind of come on here to speak about this especially so soon after your dad died and like you're speaking about it so well as well like I yeah I feel really lucky that you've come on yeah like I'm really impressed with myself as well <laughs> when I was like kind of like thinking about what I was gonna say I was like so often like I was like trying to think about how I was going to say it and I was just like crying 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 but it's kind of been all right I guess you know you're really easy to chat to and like knowing that you aren't judging me is really good and that's the great thing about this podcast like no judgment (laughs) oh thank you so much that like literally means the world and but it's like what we kind of like we set out to achieve with this is that people do feel comfortable talking about it and there literally is no judgment like everybody deals with grief differently and some people prefer not to talk about their emotions and some people absolutely love it like and it's been really enlightening for me to find that out as well yeah yeah definitely like that's the whole point of it really I completely agree and I I feel like I almost would need to come back on in like six months time (laughs) because I feel like I got so much more stuff like I want to say but like I'm aware like I've been chatting to you for ages now um oh my god no like I've really enjoyed it it's actually been really nice yeah I've really enjoyed it you kind of like just talking like yeah it's been really really fun to record oh my god so what is it that you two say at the end of the podcast like um please understand like we're not medical professionals like we're just chatting shit and like that is what I've done like I have talked your ear off for ages (laughs) yes how true is that though um we just like kind of like providing 
a and space so people can just that's talk 100% about it. percent why I wanted to get on and like I feel like this is just the start like I want to do so much like I I really want to kind of like get out there and help people and talk to people and get people talking and I think it was um Sam said like she feels like a bigger sister for people who have become part of the DPC so like even though my dad's just died like and I've connected with people in the DPC like from my hometown I still feel like I'm looking after them and like I, I, I enjoy that like looking after other people is such a good way of making yourself feel better yeah and that's like one of the kind of like nicest things that can happen from you know going through the loss of a parent is that you are now like well equipped to help other people like you can use your experiences for better which I think you know there aren't many positives about losing a parent but that is a huge one yeah yeah definitely a hundred percent and like I feel like I really want to like channel my energy into helping other people and just getting people to talk like if you can talk about a breakup like you can talk about a dead parent like it is yes a hundred percent just normalize talking about death and grief and all of that yeah, and it's a it's a great party, guys. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get your party poppers out. <laughs> oh God! Oh, that's so funny. Party. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird party. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird party, but we're just early to it. Oh, that's else. so funny. No, I completely agree with you, though. Everyone will join it. I mean, I guess you meant party, like mem- <laughs> group, rather than like an actual party. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, so but no, stupid. you are right. It's kind of like a party. I mean, we are, we are a lot of fun, so fair enough. Yeah, a bit of a weird one. Better to be weird than boring. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So before we wrap up, um, I was just hoping to ask you the kind of like our hero question, which is like, if you could say anything to somebody now who is experiencing what you've gone through or, you know, will experience and that you've gone through what would you say um do you mind and this will be really quick I've just got five bullet points I want to say and I actually want to finish with a poem as well and then I will let you get on with your evening ah no of course not that's absolutely fine yeah go ahead okay so number one be kind to yourself and listen to your body uh number two grieve at your own speed and don't compare your grief to other people's. It's not a race. Uh, number three, get through the downs and enjoy the ups. Don't feel guilty for feeling happy. Uh, number four, tell people what you want and take control of your grief. And number five, and you're going to hate me for this one, get yourself on the Dead Parent Club podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah, and so this poem is by a girl called Laura Ding Edwards, and her Instagram is Rain Bird Roots. And I'm just going to read it, and it, it for me it sums up grief perfectly. It's called the mountain. Um, if the mountain seems too big today, then climb a hill instead. If the morning brings you sadness, it's okay to stay in bed. If the day ahead weighs heavy and your plans feel like a curse, there's no shame in rearranging. Don't make yourself feel worse. If a shower stings like needles and a bath feels like you'll drown, if you haven't washed your hair for days, don't throw away your crown. A day is not a lifetime. A rest is not defeat. Don't think of it as failure, just a quiet, kind retreat. 
It's okay to take a moment from an anxious, fractured mind. The world will not stop turning whilst you get realigned. The mountain will still be there when you want to try again. You can climb it in your own time. Just love yourself till then. Oh my God. I love that so much. I'm so glad you chose that poem to read out. That's amazing. I've definitely seen that before as well. And it's so like easy to resonate with. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's really good. And I think it sums it up perfectly. Like, just hang on in there. If you're grieving, you'll be all right. Thank you so much, Alice, for coming on tonight and for sharing your story, especially so soon after your dad's passed away. Um, I really appreciate it. And you've actually been so much fun. Like, I've enjoyed this so much and I couldn't be more grateful. Oh, no, thank you so much. Like, I really enjoyed it. It's been really good. So it's been great to chat. Ah, uh, thank you so, so much. Um, I'll be in touch really soon. Have a good evening. Yeah, thanks. Take care of yourself. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 